Today I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to uh, 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13. And uh, introduction here, I'd like to think about lessons I learned in life. And a lot of times you learn lessons in life about aging through God, the Holy Spirit. It doesn't have to be that way, but I think about today, yet this thought is simple, yet profound. It's something I've read many times over. It's something I've heard preached many times. It's a subject for all ages, and it's a thing, it's about things of good learning and bad learning and good listening and bad listening. Christians learn about a lot of things. I've studied, we've studied about doctrine. Brother Hahn was talking about propitiation this morning. The doctrine of Jesus Christ, doctrine of the Holy Spirit, doctrine of last times, redemption, propitiation, sanctification, salvation, church, church members, church ministries, different personalities in the church, business, your jobs, employees, employers, families, Marriage, children, the things that I'm going to talk about today can be used in every arena of life. It's been all over me for about two months, three months maybe. What you see and read and what you choose to remember is very important. I would hope that you would remember this thought today and how God impressed us greatly about what his book says to us about certain issues. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning and we plead the blood of Christ. And Father, I thank you for this message that you worked in my life about. Father, I pray that they would, your people would take this the right way, not pointing anything out. It's just what you've shown me, Lord. And so, Father, i got to say it because you won't let me go until I get, get this out of my system. So, Father, we plead the blood of Christ and pray that you put us behind the cross. I think of college and career camp and middle school camp. Father, pray that you'd be working in those ministries right now as they're probably preaching, hopefully wrapping up their last sermon, their last invitation. Please give them safe journeys on the way back, and then also for high schools they take out next week. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 1 Corinthians 13, 1, and we'll read a few verses here. Though I speak with tongues of men and angels... And have not charity, I become a sounding brass and tinkling cymbals. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand the mysteries, all mysteries of all knowledge, and have all faith so that I could remove mountains, and have not charity, I have nothing. And though I bestowed all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and have not charity, it profits me nothing. Charity suffereth long, is kind. Charity envieth not, charity vaunteth not itself, and is not puffed up. Doth not believe itself unseemly, seemeth not her own, it is not easy provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, and endureth all things. 13.8, today's message. Charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. Charity never faileth, 
Question, what is your life? Can you say anything that it never fails? I, I don't know how you could say that. People reject the gospel daily. It's tell me one thing in our life that we can have control of that we can say it never fails. I don't know that one thing. And I was reading and thinking about this. God stopped me in my tracks one day. He said, back up, Kendall. Charity never faileth. In God's words, true, in God's word was made flesh and dwelt among us. It beckons me to look at this subject a little deeper. It never fails us. How often do we use it? Now, I have to do a disclaimer because of of piety here, because we're going to talk about charity and God and submission and all that great stuff. And someone will say, well, brother, what if someone tried to break into your house? What would you do? Well, after they met my 100-pound German shepherd, (laughs) then they'd see me in my underwear, excuse the language, but it's still not pornographic, and with the gun and the light, it it wouldn't be a good day for them, let alone seeing that. So, for personal defense for my family and my children, my grandkids, uh, matter of fact, I just turned my grandkids after them. <laughs> They'd never break in again after they got a hold of them. Don't go to that house. He's got grandkids. That <laughs> would be my defense. So, as we go forward, I say this every day. What if there truly is a superpower? I know we all have Marvel heroes and Superman, and I don't care what you say, Superman's still the strongest, but um, they came up with all these other guys. But it is your superpower. It never fails. And God said it. And as I go through this list that we read through real quickly, just to put it in perspective, it longs suffering. It suffereth long. And is kind. It envieth not. It vaunteth not. It's not puffed up, does not behave itself unseemly, seeks not amazingly her own. (laughs) I don't know why he put her in there, but seeks not her own, does not easily provoke, thinks no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, rejoiced in truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, and endureth all things. When we submit ourselves in using charity, all these things are at work. And how I can say this is it's got tons of stories. I'll give you a couple, and that's about it. Twelve years ago, this lady was, and she doesn't go here. Her kids don't go here. You don't know them. They don't, they don't even, they're not here. She got bent with another family, and she and scheduled a meeting, and... <laughs> She came into my office and she was pounding on my office, screaming at me, and screaming and pounding and screaming and pounding. And she wanted flesh. And it's funny, after that, Pastor said, You know, I hurt her. <laughs> That's why I had you take care of her. Because <laughs> in the beginning, I, oh, sure, I'll take it, I'll do it. Yep, uh-huh, yep, 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 I'll do it. So all the disgruntles, hey, uh, Brother Doty, what time do you want to schedule Brother Doty? <laughs> Just give him all the bad people. <laughs> and screaming and yelling and screaming and yelling and pounding on the desk. And it's something, what, what do you do? That's why God gave us one mouth and two ears, to listen more than we speak. Many times 
I've kept my mouth shut. 99% of the time, I kept my mouth shut. And it's amazing that person who's screaming and yelling at you and just being cruel to you. And I've had it in business. I've had it, and I've been cruel in business. But I will say this, if you want to minister to anyone, the moment you tell them off, your ministry ends with them. Because I can tell you many times people have just gave me a tongueful. Two to three months or weeks later, they call me and say, hello, brother, just like nothing happened. <laughs> what do you think? And I say, well, uh, first of all, I'd like an apology. No. Because when they call me and I didn't get in the flesh and say something I would regret... Now I still get a chance to minister to those people because I left the door open. When I grew up, there was a thing called a screen door because <laughs> you didn't have air conditioning. And always, and you'd go in and out and beat the door to death. But it kept the flies out. But you had to have it. It was really no earthly good for anything other than the trip you're going in and out when your brothers were chasing you with knives and guns. But the Bible says this, a brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city. And that's why this charity thing has just been all over me. Because if God said this to us, he says, if you love me, feed my sheep. If you love me, feed my lambs. That's what he said. He didn't say, if you love me, tell him off. Or give him a piece of your mind. Or, my integrity's at stake. I gotta set it straight. Really, do you really? Really, how is our integrity if the, from the Lord looking down at us? Sometimes people are just a little too holy when they want to get it straight. But let's put a camera in your house for about two hours. Or one hour. It's amazing. The opportunity that you have. Feed my sheep. Not screaming and yelling or hurting them. And it's something I've learned in the last 12 years. I, I wish I would have learned this 40 years ago. Because I've been cruel in things in my life. And I don't see where that's any benefit. Be quite honest with you. It's not. If you want to stay in someone's life... The Bible says this, and, and God gave me this. That's why God says, anger resteth in the bosom of fools. When you get angry, I mean angry, what good is it? What, have you, what can you really do that's... Now, I know your kids make you angry all the time. And your gad, grandkids torture you and make you angry. But besides that, what good is it? It does nobody any good. Genesis 45. Think about Genesis 45 for a minute. I went ahead of myself. Joseph, as you get there, he was sold into slavery. Everyone's very familiar with the story by his brothers because they were jealous. And here's something you need to understand. He was a free man, <laughs> a free man, mostly favored of his father, favoritisms in the house, big time favoritisms. I'm sure he got the easiest chores. 
obviously the coat of many colors. But they sold him into slavery to another country. And some people, and, and, and they didn't even speak the language. And some people can say from 17 to 30 till he went to Pharaoh, 10, 15 years, whatever. Two years after the, butcher, uh, the baker and the butch, butler. If anyone had the right to rebel against his brothers, it would have been Joseph. But when you look in Genesis 45.1, it says this. Then Joseph could not refrain himself before all of them that stood by him, and he cried. Now this was the man second in charge. I don't see many people of that status bawling. It caused every man to go out from me, and there stood no man with him, while Joseph made himself to known to his brethren. I'll bet you at that moment, when Joseph made himself known to his brethren, you know what they were saying. I, when it comes down to me, I'm going to say it's Reuben, or I'm going to say it's his. I'm going to blame my brother. They were shaking in their boots. They were fearful. They were like, this can't be true. They knew they made a mistake, and they were just shaking. They were fearful, and they wanted to blame each other. But Genesis 45, 2 says this. And he wept aloud. And the Egyptians of the house and Pharaoh heard. That mean it was very loud. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph. Doth thy father yet live? And I, I'll say this right now. I'll bet there was a really good thing for their sake. His father was alive. Because if his father was dead, he might not have been so graceful. But he asks the first question. I'm Joseph. Does my father liveth? And they obviously thought, Yes. And the brethren and his brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled in his presence. That's how afraid they were. They said, No matter what we say, we're dead men. We're dead men. Joseph had the upper hand. All the power he had is his. And I will say this one day they were scared, they were speechless. He had all the power on their life, and, and, and like you and me. We'll meet him in the air, sort of like this. I don't know if we're going to be shaking our boots or whatever, but we'll be in the air, suspended in the air. We'll meet him in the air, and we're going to see him face to face. There's going to be some intimidation there. I don't know the new body and all that stuff, but I'm telling you, we are going to see him face to face, just like in the presence of someone who had great authority above him. Think about the fear. They were dead men. And Joseph said to his brethren, Come near to me. I pray you. And they came near. And he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom ye sold into Egypt. You know they were going to say, Why does he got to keep bringing that up? <laughs> he knows we sold him in Egypt. We're in Egypt. Can we just get past this? Why do we need to talk about Egypt? Talk about selling you into Egypt. Well, we know the story, Joseph. But he wanted to rehearse it with him because what he was about to do, he knew in his head. That you sold into Egypt. They didn't want to talk about it anymore. They wanted to say, let bygones. Be bygones, Joseph. We don't need to hear the story no more. But in 45.5 it says this. Now therefore... Be not grieved 
And listen what he says. Nor angry with yourselves. They got caught with the hands in the cookie jar. They got caught at doing bad. They know they were wrong. They know they deserve death. And he said, be not angry with yourselves. You blew it. They were shaking in their boots. And he said that they sold me hither. For God did send me before you to preserve life. And I'm going to say this. and You may not believe this. But remember all those things I read about charity. Every time you use charity... In one form or another, you preserve a life because you kept yourself out of it. We all have agendas. (laughs) We all have agendas. If you use charity, you preserve a life and you keep yourself out of it for someone to live another day. For someone to live another day. When you show charity, you're saying, you know, I really do believe in God. Yeah, that lady shouldn't have told me off. I had nothing to do with what went on. I had nothing to do with both parties. I was just supposed to have a magic wand and, 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 and turn those people into trolls and them into whatever, prince whatever. They just wanted me to see the, the wrong and how I should fix it. But when you use charity, you're a servant to the Most High. Now look at 1 Corinthians 13, 13 to make my point here. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Why are y'all, you know, we, we know about charity. I know you know about charity. I, knew, I thought I knew about charity also. And I've experienced it with me and against me. But in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, it says now this. And now abideth faith. Now abideth faith. Hope. Charity. These three. But the greatest of these is charity. You mean it's greater than faith? Faith, as a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. Yeah, it's greater than faith. It says it right here. It's greater than faith. You mean greater than hope? The hope of our, our home in heaven with Jesus Christ, our Lord, and, and the new Jerusalem? Yep, it's greater than that. Because God knows it's one thing that you can use on this earth to really make a difference. And it's, it has nothing to do with you. You just got to do it. It's like when you crush a rose and smash a rose or a flower and you just tear it to smithereens and just the fragrance just goes all over the place. But you just crushed it. That's charity. It's at your fingertips every day. And that's why I say when you want to, when you get frustrated and you get in the flesh and you got to just i got to say something. My wife has said this to me for a year, years ago. You know, Kendall, you just got to open your mouth because you got to fix it. I go, yeah, well, the problem with you is you never open your mouth and you just let things happen. Yeah, that's what's wrong with your society. The Norwegians, they did that. Well, the Germans, they fixed everything, didn't they? Bunch of morons. Why do you got to open your mouth, Kendall? Why do you got to tell them, man, this is the way it is? I don't care what you think. <laughs> That's probably why I could have lost, lost so much weight back then. <laughs> I was always angry, sweating up a storm. So I'm, ministry's made me fat, you know. <laughs> turn your Bible to Luke 22. I got to keep going. I got too much to talk about. I got Luke 22. 
But if charity is greater than faith and hope, then it's the one thing that we have our hands on. And a lot of people want to learn about the deeper meaning of the Word of God. I get it. And they want to study to show thyself approved. I get it. And they want to go to institute. I get it. And they want to learn. And they want to read. And they want to witness. They want to tell people about the Lord. I get it. They want to teach their kids. I get it. They want to pray. I get it. But this is something that you can use every day. You know, we used to have a thing called a broom <laughs> and a dustpan. I, I know that's a, something of the past, a broom and a dustpan. Now you've got a vacuum and central vac with those things. Now you got a little vacuum that runs around your house when you're not there. Really? And we all have a weight problem. Think it through. Oh, my vacuum even does its job. My vacuum does a job. My dog does a job. My wife does a job. I think I'm going to take a nap. You don't need a nap. You need to sweep your house with the old-fashioned way. Get out of mop. So... <laughs> Charity is something that, and you need to be charitable about this message. <laughs> Man, I don't know. You know, charity is something that we can give every day of our life. Even how you treat your dog. My two, three other Rottweilers, those poor dogs. <laughs> I was an awful man. Now my overweight German shepherd lives in my house and eats with the bull I eat of. <laughs> She's nicer to the dog than she is me. But you wouldn't want to hit her. I <laughs> know that much. You wouldn't want to do that. Luke twenty-two fifty-four. 54. And as I talk about charity and the things we say, how about our facial expressions? You know, I've seen people when I preach, they look at me like, what planet is that man on? <laughs> or what is he saying? I get it. Luke twenty two fifty four. it says, And they took him, and they led him, and brought him into the high priest's house. And Peter followed afar off. And Luke twenty two fifty five. it says, And when they were kindled a fire in the midst of the hall, they sat down together, and Peter sat down among them. But a certain maid, it's always a girl, beheld him as he sat by the fire, earnestly looked upon him, said, This man also was with them. And he denied it, saying, The woman I know, not him, I know him not. And he sat a little while and saw, and saw and said, Thou art also of them. And Peter said, Man, I am not. And about the space of an hour, and another confidentially affirmed saying of the truth of this fellow also was with him, for he said, He is a Galilean. 60 says, 2260. And Peter said, Man, I know not what thou sayest. I, and immediately the cock crowed. And the Lord, and this is the only spot I can see where God looks upon him. It says, Peter knew it and wept, but this in Luke says where he looked upon him. And it says, and the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. Let me ask you this. I wonder what that look was like. Like, you know, or rolling your eyes. Or giving the old stink eye or the dirty eye. Do you know when you do that to people? They know what you're thinking? They do it to me all the time. Like I want to say, I know you don't like me, but can't you fake it? I fake it all the time to people I don't like. Really? You can't fake it for an hour and a half? Hey, brother, how you doing? Hey, brother. So they're like, hey, brother. Uh, yeah, oh, you know. Uh. Or they're just going to look at you like that. Why? So if you have charity with your mouth, your eyes are the gateway of the soul, 
Why don't you have charity with your eyes? I get it, having a bad day. Sometimes I want to just sit there and I say, oh, please, God, don't let nobody talk to me. Hey, brother, how are you doing? Well, I'm so virus. I don't want to shake your hand. Okay. And spit in my face. I just wanted to be left alone that day. But I get up and fake it. Burns calories when you stand up. You should do it a little more often. But the uh, thing is, I wonder what he looked at him. I know for a fact, when Peter seen his eyes, he seen the love and compassion of the Lord. That's why he went and wept bitterly. I can't believe the things I said about my God. And I think God puts that in our lives and that story for when we first got saved or when we're afraid at work and we've been around people we shouldn't have and we're in a situation where we don't want to speak up and we sort of join in a little bit. God says, I, I, know, I, I know how it is. I understand that. But use charity with your eyes. Do you know it's hard to be mean to someone that likes you? An example is your dog. <laughs> you can beat your dog, torture your dog, feed him junk, and he still thinks you're the greatest guy in the world. Lord, make me the guy, I've said this before, that my dog thinks I am. <laughs> Charity. Charity. He looked upon him, not with disgust, but he looked at him with compassion. I guarantee it was a look of love. He knew it. Peter knew what he did. Those brothers of Joseph known what they've done. And unfortunately, you and I. There's people in this world I haven't been kind to in the past, and I wish I could go back and change it. Me and my wife often talk about many things, and if we had a time machine, like who's going to invent a time machine? <laughs> but I said if I had a time machine, I would go back and do exactly the same thing. I just would be kinder. That's what God has shown me. I just would have been kinder. Because if charity never fails, it's a win. We just got to see it through. And too many times we want immediate results, so we push it. When you look at charity and all that it represents... It pretty much represents the Lord, doesn't it? Think about it. Christians search the deeper meanings of life. I get it. Everybody wants to have a real deeper meaning talk, and I'm all about it. And yet they have a tendency about intelligence and knowledge and Bible knowledge, and I get it. And that's not bad. Learning instruction and righteousness, that's not bad. But the practical side of Christianity and how we show God's word in our inner life is charity. It says, behold, how good and how pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell in unity. God just didn't put that in there for no reason, guys. I mean, it is a sad thing that when we go out in public and the public's nicer to us than the brethren. Oh, that can't happen. That is so true, it's unbelievable. And I, I've, I'm, okay, there's a guilty guy right here. But I'm just telling you, 
That's why I've read this and I went over and I didn't care about it because God said, of course you don't care about it, Kendall, because you want to get your own way filled with your own devices and you will seek your own glory. Because you think about anything you or I have in anything, it's because God let us have it. And we need to be good stewards of that. For time, I'm going to buzz through a couple stories. Think about the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve. And God said to Adam, you eat of that tree, I'm going to kill you. You shall die. And then he told his wife, like a good man, <laughs> this is what God said. And she said, God said to the serpent, if we eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, we shall die. What did that varmint say? He ain't going to die. Here's the deal. Did God strike him dead? Spiritually, maybe, but not physically. He put him in a perfect place and drove him out into the world. And he punished him and he cursed him. And he cursed the woman in childbearing. And he cursed the man and sweat the brow. And he cursed the serpent just crawling on the belly. But the thing is, he let them live. Ask yourself for one second. If you told, if you were God, and you said, hey, you touched that, you're going to die. You, you know you're done. Kill him. You could have made two more, right? You could have made two more 2.0 or whatever they are. They do that with phones. You could make a better person. Couldn't you have not? Well, I sort of messed up there. I'm going to make better people. But his charity and compassion goes, yeah, there's a flaw there. And every time we think about that, we need to remind ourselves each and every day of a foolish thought of sin and how we process our lives. So how do we relate to others on this charitable issue? Because unfortunately, as the church office, we get all the phone calls. So-and-so did this. So-and-so did this. I can't believe they did this. Well, now let's talk and pray about it. And, and I understand. People just want help. And I get that. That's what we're for. That's what we're for, to help you through things. And we're all about that. And please don't quit calling. Just say, Brother Matt, I'd like to talk to the thin pastor. <laughs> yeah, anyway. <sighs> but God didn't kill him, did he? He didn't kill him. It says this. I'll just tell you the stories because of time. And God saw the wickedness and great on the earth, and every imagination and thought of the heart was evil continually. And repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and grieved him in his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created on the face of this earth. Those are big words when God says that. Both man and beast and creeping thing and fowl of the air, for repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. It is totally amazing when we see God and his grace towards mankind. And you notice Noah's wife and his family sort of got on board also. That behooves us as Christians and parents and grandparents and moms and dads to do right till the stars fall. Because Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. You might be the Noah of your family. I've said this before. You might be the Noah Years ago, many, many years ago, when we had all those kids running around a house tormenting ourselves, 
We had five kids and 139 teenagers in our youth department. Life was tough. And my wife called me her Noah one day. And I blew it off because I got a big head. <laughs> yeah, I'm a jack in the box. Why wouldn't I be Noah? You know what I mean? But I'm asking you this. Ladies, look to your husband. Yeah, you are my Noah. But that's not prevalent these days. Because who wouldn't want to lift a man up? Because that's not politically correct. But because of Noah, and think about it. Quit listening to the junk around you. Remember, God's been watching this stuff for 6,000 years. He's had grace for Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Moses, Israel, Saul, David, Jehu, and all the kings of Israel. But turn your Bibles to Jonah. I wanted to get to this. i got time for two more. The book of Jonah. You say, we know the book of Jonah. I know you know the book of Jonah. How many people have gutted a fish? I know the rows have. We've gutted, gutted. How many people have gutted fish? We've gutted a lot of fish, right? When you gut the fish, you tear the guts out. What do you do? You throw them away, right? Oh, let's look and see what's inside because we'll see what they've been eating, right? What if Jonah was down there going, help me, help me, help me? <laughs> Little guy in there. You think, oh, that could never happen. Man, you don't even know God. He created this place. But it's amazing. It says this in Jonah 1. Ask yourself if you've ever done this. And the word of the Lord came to Jonah Mittai, saying, Go to Nineveh and this great city and cry against its wickedness. Okay. God said some things to us. But Jonah rose and fled to Tarshish out of the presence of the Lord. Ever been there? Ever ran from God? I have. I'm the only guy that's ran from God here, I guess. You ever run from God when he tells you to do something? Yeah, I'm not going to do it, God, because uh, it takes off the gate. I'm not doing it for whatever reason. He said, you go to Nineveh and cry against the wickedness. And he goes, I'm not going to. Okay. So he let a fish swallow him. And yes, I believe it, like it was yesterday. Look at verse 3. Ah, verse, nah. verse 4. And the Lord sent a great wind in the sea. And there was a mighty tempest of the sea, and the sea was like a broken, and the mariners were so afraid. I don't want to go that. That's too. Let's go over to 2. Verse 2, verse 5. 2, verse 5. And when the waters compassed about me, even to the soul of the depths closed around about me, and the weeds were wrapped around my head. I'm telling you right now, you know you're gasping for your last breath of air and thinking, Lord, I should have listened. I should have listened. And he got right with God. In verse 10 it says, And the Lord spoke unto the fish, and he vomited unto Jonah up to dry ground. And you know, that's what, exactly what happened. He blopped him out on the fish on dry ground. I guarantee Jonah was running to Nineveh with slime all over him. He didn't care about the fish slime and whatever was in there. He was throwing the weeds and he was running away from that fish. Charity. God has that towards us. And when we mess up, Brother Sam did a message Wednesday night, which was great. Charity. Every day we really don't do the right thing. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we are doing very well spiritually and we're doing the right thing and God is blessing but there are some days where we're probably not. And if you want to learn to the last story, Luke 23. 
And as I could talk about this for weeks, about charity, there are so many examples in the Bible about charity and the Good Samaritan and all these things about people doing something for someone else for the act of kindness alone, not seeking any, any rebuke or any, I mean any wealth or anything coming to them, any monetary factor whatsoever. But in Luke 23, 33, I think this is probably one of the greatest Shows of charity there ever was, other than ourselves, what God has done for us. Luke 23, And when they were come to the place, which was called Calvary, there were cru- where they crucified him. And the malefactor, one on the right hand and one on the left. But before I go any further, look at the next verse. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. Wow. You know how many times I don't know what I'm doing? Maybe it's sinning ignorantly. Maybe it's a sin out of will. Maybe it's a sin out of anger. Maybe it's the sin just because I want to sin. Christ said, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. It's hard for us after that statement to look somebody in the eye and give a piece of our mind. Not only pleading for the Father for charity, but look at what's happened during the crucifixion. 35. And the people stood before him, and the rulers also with them, derided him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself. If he be Christ, the chosen of God. Do you know, no one likes to be mocked or made fun of. Your kids come home from kid school and, and some bully made fun of them at school and they were crying because they were embarrassed. Well, think about the Lord God being crucified by the ones he made. 36. And the soldiers also mocked him, coming him and offering vinegar and saying, If thou be the king of the Jews, save thyself. And the scripture also was written over them. In the letters in Greek and Latin and Hebrew, this is the king of the Jews. But look at 39. And I think this is attitude with the lost. Well, the lost people don't want to talk to me. Well, how are you confronting them? Are you a self-righteous moron? Or are you a human being? Because I remember when I walked into this church one mile south 40 years ago, yeah, I was different. <laughs> and they were nice to me. So nice. I had to tell the girl I was dating, we need to go there. <laughs> it's an old Grange Hall, but they're nice old people. Old people do have a value, let me tell you. More than you'll ever know. And they were nice to me. If they were mean to me in one way, I would have never returned. One of the malefactors which were hung on the rail on him saying, if thou be Christ, save thyself and us. You know, that's exactly how the world talks to you. The moment you leave and go out them doors, that's exactly how the world's going to talk to you everywhere you go. But there are a few. In verse 40, it says, but the others answered, Rebuking him, saying, 
Doth not thou fear God, seeing that thou art in the same condemnation? 41. We indeed justly, for we receive our due reward for our deeds, but this man had done nothing amiss. And here we go. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, Lord, remember me when thou hast come into thy kingdom. Sometimes we forget that we came to an altar and we said, Lord, if you're there, I love you and I give my sins to you and I ask you to be the Lord of my life and, and, get, and, and confess Jesus Christ as my Savior. And, he, and we get up and we get saved and we go about our business, but something happened right there because we said, Lord, there is power in that when you say, Lord. He goes, oh, somebody's talking to me. Because there's only one Lord. He just was smart enough or simple enough. Because people ask me, hey, what happened to you guys 40 years ago? I said, I, here's what I say, and not to be direct, uh, talk down on me, but I was just dumb enough to believe that there was a God and he exists in our life. And I was simple enough to believe, okay, this is what we got to do because we need to learn about the Lord, raise our kids for God, serve the Lord, love your wife, love your husband, pay your tithes, be good to the preacher, be good to the people in church, try to get involved. It's that simple. Well, uh, I don't know. I want to come preach with you. Everybody. Well, come on up next week. Let's see how you do. Oh, it's not that easy. And if you think you're that, then you're the wrong person. And Jesus said, Lord, remember me that I come to thy kingdom. And he said, Jesus, remember me that I come to thy kingdom. In verse 43, and Jesus said unto him, red letters if you got a Bible, red letter Bible, verily I say unto you, thee, I say unto thee, I got to read, verily I say unto thee, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. That man never deserved a second chance. That man never deserved salvation. And I know where paradise was when it centered the earth, but he still was with the Lord and the saints. And that's where charity is. And we have it to give out. We have it in truckloads and bucketloads. But times we don't come, we're sort of stingy with it. It's okay to be nice. And I know if you're a stoic person, it comes, you have to get him to crack a smile. I get that. But you're talking about charity. Not talking about anything else. And obviously, 44, about the sixth hour, and darkness is all over the earth. 45, and the sun was darkened, and the temple was rent, and the temple was rent, and Jesus cried with a loud voice. Remember how Joseph cried with a loud voice? Remember? Joseph cried with a loud voice. His heart was broken. It says, Jesus our Lord cried with a loud voice, saying, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And thus having he gave up the ghost. If you don't get anything out of this message, please get this today. Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. And if you just have that view on life, Father, here's the situation. And I know there's always a situation. I can be firm, I can be stoic, I can be rigid, or I can be nice. You know many times people come tell me things that I know is not true, and it's just their, how they see life all the time. I don't go, oh, brother, no, brother, no, 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 that's not the way it is. 
I listen to it's like the gospel. And I'm talking about nonsense. I listen to it's like the gospel. Because maybe that's how that guy sees that particular situation. I don't care if it's carburetors, the vaccine, airlines, dogs, cats, horses, garbage men, or whatever it is. Or taxes. I let them say it. Because they just want to say it because they don't know really what to say. Ever been in a situation where you really didn't know what to say? So you just start talking? Anybody ever do that? Am I the only guy that does that? You just start talking. Well, sometimes that leads you down a dark alley. And you just say, I'm down this dark alley. I don't know what I'm talking about, but i got to get out somehow. Like, hey, are you pregnant? <clears throat> no. Brother, are you telling my wife she's fat? Oh, I didn't say that. I was talking about you, brother. He's, bo- he's really skinny, you know. <laughs> I got it. What an idiot. I wanted to go, whoa, 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 whoa. Just be done. But there was nothing there. When I read that verse, that charity's greater than hope, and charity's greater than faith, and charity never fails, it needs to be talked about. And that's what I did today. Because I, when God gives you something, he just can't get rid of it. It's coming to be a message. And he gave me another one. And I just, that's why my wife says, what are you preaching? I never tell her. Never. Because I don't want her to influence me. Because this is between me and God. Because I'm telling you, if you're ever up here, you really need to be as close to him as you can. Because he's the one that makes all this possible. A book with no, paper, with no pictures. Come on. Old English. A lot of stories. A lot of wacko names. A lot of Old Testament stuff. You go, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, get him, kill him, oh, yeah. Not in New Testament stuff. Forgive him, forgive him, forgive him. Hmm? There's a lot in that book. And you can't even scratch the surface. But what I know do from now on, everybody in my realm, in my business, in my realm that I have influence on, I'm going to tell them, charity never faileth. You know what? That's the gospel. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you tonight, this morning, and we plead the blood of Christ. And Father, I thank you, Father, for your book. I thank you for not only the Christians in this, this group and this, this sanctuary, uh, people that are listening at home. I, Father, pray that they would get this charity. And, Father, I pray if there's anyone here today, and we didn't talk about Jesus Christ. They need Jesus Christ as their Savior. They need to come forward, and someone will tell them and show them how to be saved. But, Father, speaking mainly to the Christians today, Father, charity, charity never faileth. I pray that we'd be charitable for the rest of our lives. Because I told him a story, Lord. I said, if I had a time machine, I would have gone back. And I would have been much nicer. And Lord, I pray that they would get that. I don't know where they are in life, whether they're young, whether they're old, whether they're middle-aged and married. Husbands can be nicer to their wives, Lord. Wives can be nicer to their husbands. Children can be kinder to their parents. Father... It's the Holy Spirit. I pray, Father, that you'd have your willing way in this service today. And if you've touched a heart or two, they sit in their seat, they come forward, Lord, that's your deal. But, Father, I want to thank you for showing me 
the servant that charity never faileth. I wish I would have digested this 30 years ago. But thank you for today and tomorrow. If there's a tomorrow, God, I will practice charity never fails. I ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Page 450, please. safely and please come to us this evening. Pastor Matt will be preaching tonight and we have a nice day. Thank you. You're dismissed.